Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. Freedom is a powerful expression. It's powerful. Freedom and liberty is what heaven's atmosphere is like. The atmosphere of heaven is liberty. Where the spirit of God is, freedom reigns. The spirit of God brings liberty. It brings the release for opportunity to choose. That empowerment is powerful. It is costly, but it is powerful. And we are in a moment of history where there's enough sort of waves and storms in the world that that is a scary choice to choose others over preference of self. Preservation feels like a reactionary moment right now. Like, you have to protect self, you have to protect borders, you have to protect because we're afraid of what it means to choose someone else over us. That moment, and you need to know, that is a Holy Spirit-driven decision to lay down one's life, to not choose you, but to choose others. It's powerful, it's meaningful, and it matters tremendously. Can somebody say amen this morning? We are, we're going to talk this morning. I, I want to focus in on the leadership of Jesus. I, there was something that, that, that God has been teaching me in this last season. I've been doing a lot of reflection, self-reflection. There, there's so much going on in this moment of time that, that reflection is probably a good thing. Hey, learn from lessons in your life. <laughs> yeah? Like, don't keep having to make the mistakes. Let's learn some lessons. Let's move forward. Let's fall forward. How about? I've been reflecting with 18 years of, uh, of the house church and our existence and where we started from, where we've come, what God has for us, our community in the future. I was looking at and asking myself the question, Lord, what, what is the What's the main lesson that you have been teaching me in this last season? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What's the main thing that God's been teaching you in a season? It's one thing to have a moment of breakthrough. It's another thing to sort of take inventory for what's the bigger lesson happening. What's the historical lesson? Did you know in history about every 150 years we repeat? History repeats itself. You've heard the story, you know, you've heard the, the statement, if you don't learn from the past, you will repeat it. About 150 years, about every three or four generations, the sins of our fathers go ahead and pop right back up and we go ahead and repeat the lessons. About 150, 200 years, we get to see choices that have consequences and then we get to live out those consequences and hopefully we're falling forward. Praise God that it's not our job to rule history. Praise God 
that you're not in charge and neither am I. I'm going to get happy up here, even if you don't. It's okay. I, 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 there is this process that, that I think that the world is going through right now, that we have opportunity. There's so much hope and anticipation for God to show up, to show out, to do something. He's on the move. He really is. Anybody like the Narnia stories? Yeah? Yeah, there... The, the, if, you, if you ever have read those books, the, CS, the Chronicles of Narnia, they're wonderful books. They're not kids' books. These are stories with deep and powerful meaning in them, allegory that is like really, really powerful. If you've never read them, you should. Not just the movies. Eh, the movies are, yeah. The books, awesome. But in the books, there's this statement that keeps coming up. It's in the whisper in the wind. Aslan is on the move. God is on the move. In the book, Aslan represents Jesus, represents the Lord. The choice to sacrifice self to awaken creation, to set the course of history right. God's on the move. Look at your neighbor this morning. Just look him right in the eye. Go, God's on the move. Come on. I just so you know, I can see you. <laughs> People are like, I'm not going to say anything. It doesn't matter. I dare you to talk to me, pastor. Okay. Jesus Christ is one of the greatest, the greatest leader in history. His ministry is only three and a half years long. His impact was directly to 12 individuals. But the result of his direct leadership over 12 individuals for three years is that the whole world gets turned on its head. I'd say that's impacting. Influential. And as I am reflecting on 18 years of effort myself, I'm realizing that I have some more things to learn about Jesus. <laughs> I have some more things to learn in my own leadership. Can anybody self-reflect for a moment and agree that maybe you could also learn something? Yeah? <laughs> Jesus has this moment of clarity with his disciples that I want to touch on this morning because I feel like it encapsulates our moment. What we actually, we need to be reminded of something. We need to hear again these words. They're piercing, they're impacting, and if you will listen and actually enact them in your life, it will radically transform your world. Radically. Your life will never be the same. It's a bold statement, Pastor Jamie. Yeah, you betcha. Would you put a hand just on your own heart right now? And we're just going to invite the Lord. Lord, would you speak to us this morning? Would you just say that, Lord? Speak to me this morning. God, come and have your way. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would unlock, Spirit of Revelation, that you would unlock Jesus we could see, know, understand, and be set free into calling and purpose. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 16, starting in verse 1. Jesus is having this moment with the disciples. He's talking to them. He is announcing there's a major change about to take place. He's about to die. And his leadership, his direct leadership is going away and they're going to have to figure some things out. Here we go. 16.1. Jesus speaking. These things I've spoken to you 
so that you may be kept from stumbling. You're on the path, you fall off of it. Like, you don't know what to do next. Why? Because you've stumbled. Something's going to happen. So that you would be kept from stumbling. They are going to make you outcasts in the synagogue. An hour is coming where people who kill you will think they're offering a service to God. I feel that some ways on Sundays. There are moments where I'll say something and people are like, someone should just, yeah. Self-deprecating humor is my form, so just bear with me here. These things they'll do, why? Because they do not know the Father. Okay, the heartbeat of your creator, his love, the Father's heartbeat for creation, when you have his heartbeat pulsing inside of you, you will choose differently than the world does. And the world system is unable to receive the heartbeat of the Father because it contradicts the way that the world does things. It contradicts the system of the world. In the world, the way that an organization moves forward is clear vision, purpose. Let's all do this thing together. And as we do this thing together, we accomplish great things. Jesus comes on the scene and goes, I'm going to talk to 12 people. I'm not going to try to grow an influence. I'm going to teach 12 people how to prefer others over themselves. And then I'm going to die, lay my life down, and my voice on the earth will stop, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and something is going to unlock. Jesus' leadership and the heartbeat of the Father was to choose to lay down his life, not to stand up and fight for it. Do you see how opposite that is from the kingdom of this world? On Veterans Day, oh, how an offensive sermon, Pastor James, that you would say. <laughs> In the face of freedom, we have to go out and conquer. No. In a situation in the world where there is control being exercised, one must go in, not to dominate, but to lay down one's life if you want people to become free. You have to serve. I got two amens. There you go. It's all I needed. I didn't need any more. Where two or more agreed, this thing's done. So we're good. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna real talk. Okay, real talk. I, I wanna, I wanna say some things this morning that matter so much that that the way forward for us is to hear and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and that 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 looks independently, powerfully individualistic at times, and at other times it means to prefer in such a way that your voice is not the dominant voice. I, I want to talk to you about something that I think is so revolutionary, it will transform the way you live, and if you will adopt it, oh man, your influence will go on and on, because it's what God does. Okay, look up here for a second. If you were a world-dominating leader in this day, that means you get on the internet and you are selling, you are influencing, you are pushing the agenda forward. 
You're getting other people, winning them to your side. You are forcing change. And in the expression of the power of your voice and your change, you're rallying people to it. I will tell you that no matter the following that you create in this moment, a hundred years from now, no one will care. And it will have gone back to the way things were and it won't have mattered that you existed. That was fun, right? It's fun. It's fun to tell yourself the truth. It's real. The only way to make an everlasting impact is to do what God's doing, not to do what you want to do. Only way. It is to agree with God's historical plan. It's not to try to exercise your own. Dang, that's a good word. Woo! It's liberating. So freeing. You don't got to control anything. This is Jesus. Listen to his words. It's so amazing. He goes, hey, listen, you now are about to, their words, the disciples are about to introduce a concept that is so radical. It is this, that individuals can connect with God without the system. That the new covenant means that every individual can have the Holy Spirit and that the old covenant that said that the Holy Spirit existed in a building and you all had to go to the building to connect with God, that that is being done away with. Oh man, I could get happy this morning. I could get so happy. Jesus is radical, dude. This new covenant, they're about to preach. The reason why the world's going to hate them is because he is saying, God knows you. God wants to connect with you. God wants to lead you. And that there's nobody standing in between that, that the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life. In history, when men and women have stood up and repeated that message, they have been persecuted. Violently. The reformation of Martin Luther 500 years ago was about him saying to people, you don't need the Catholic Church to interpret the scriptures. You can read them for yourself. And he translated the Bible into the common tongue. He said you can connect with God and you don't need someone to stand between. This is revolutionary. Because where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes into someone's life and they begin to relate with God, you're unhooked from the systems controlling your behavior. Religion freaking hates that. It's terrible. Persecutes it. Because the great vision of what we're trying to accomplish is more important than the individual's sense of purpose and calling. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I actually think the opposite is what's supposed to be true. This is the existence of the house, okay? This is who we are. In my reflection, I was saying, God, what have you done in our culture? Who are we? What, are you, what have you been teaching me? It's this. It's really simple. It is that when you and I come together and we encounter God, his spirit unlocks us. 
And in that encounter with the Lord, we get transformed, man. He empowers our lives. It's so wonderful. It's so beautiful. But we see him and we get changed and we become, we start to know who we are. Our identity starts to pop. You go, oh, God gifted me. I, I am something. I'm a part of the body. And your individualistic thing pops inside of you. Right? But, but it also does something else. See, when we come together like this, suddenly we start seeing each other. And you look around and you go, oh man, that person next to me is awesome. They are somebody special. They are someone significant. It really matters that they're here. And the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and he's telling you what to do and you follow his prompting. And as you follow his leadership, something amazing begins to happen. Fruit, your life starts to matter. You start to agree with his story and you're participating in something bigger than you. Hmm. The hour is coming. They're going to kill you. <laughs> and they're going to think they're doing God a favor. Because after all, God's about control of everything. These things I'm saying to you so you remember them when it happens. Look at verse five. I'm going to him who sent me. But none of you asked, where are you going? Because I said these things to you, I'm leaving. Sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Repeat after me. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It is to your advantage. That is a hard statement. Okay, listen to this. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is better. It is better. Like this is a secret. It is, it is a it is secret. It is better for him to go away. Better. Advantage. You will be in a position that makes it better for you to do what you're supposed to do if Jesus goes away. Can I, can I translate that into modern speak? This is what this is saying. Okay, listen. The private and personal leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life is an advantage to you above the public push of a powerful leader. I'm going to need to say that again because you'll catch it, okay? The private and personal leadership of the Holy Spirit in a person's life gives the believer an advantage above the public push of a powerful leader. We'll get more accomplished if you'll just start to obey the Holy Spirit than if we all get on board with some big vision and try to go do that thing. Okay, you're starting to get it. I can feel it. It's warming up. Don't worry. We'll get there. It's like a rusty gear for some reason. I don't know what that is. Don't make me work harder than I need to this morning. Come on, you can do this. Okay. The private leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life is an advantage over the public push of some charismatic, amazing leader. 
even if that leader is Jesus in the flesh. That's what Jesus said. Blasphemy. No, no. He said it. He said, it is better for you that you have private leadership inside of you than public leadership with somebody who is clear about the vision they're trying to accomplish. But how will we work together, Pastor Jamie? How can we agree unless the vision is presented? Yeah, I get all that. It's all worldly principle. But it's in the Bible. Yeah, it's pre-New Covenant worldly principle. It's worldly principles. It's worldly principle. It is if we don't have a common language, we can't work together. Yeah, the common language is that God is leading each of us. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to push you to something this morning, and I don't, I don't know if you're ready for it. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get there. It'll be, you know, afterwards you can rage at me. It'll be great. You'll have something to talk about at lunch. It'll be awesome. Here's the deal. Jesus is going away. He's dying, and he's saying to the disciples, it is better that I go. There's an advantage to this, because when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to do something for you. He is the helper. Everyone say the helper. Have you ever had an amazing, like, personal assistant? I have. I have had assistants in my life. In fact, I will tell you, the house church has an incredible staff. They serve. They love you. They are not here for accolades. They are not trying to achieve something great, like, individualistically. They're here to help you. Like, for reals. Okay? You have an incredible staff around you. And I am so thankful. I pulled in the parking lot this morning. I saw all the cars of people volunteering. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful. Because can you imagine? I mean, ima imagine this, me, if you can. <laughs> a church where a pastor thought he had to do everything. And what kind of nonsense we'd get into if it was true. How divided we would be as a church globally if we had all these individual powerful men with vision who needed everyone else to agree with them. Okay, come on. That was levity. You can laugh. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, we've all been in churches like that. They still exist. They're denominational and they're dying. Praise God. Not the church itself, but that mindset, because God is doing something new in our day. Praise God that we're growing, that we're learning, that we're not stuck 200 years ago. Praise God. Praise God. The Holy Spirit comes into a life, and this is what Jesus says he'll do. Verses 6 and 7 of John 16. Put it right up there. John, there you go. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But I'll send him to you, and he, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, convict the world concerning righteousness, and convict the world concerning judgment. Now, this is what a helper means. It means they come into your life, 
and they look at all the stuff you have to do and they start taking stuff off your plate. They go, oh, oh man, you don't need to be doing that. That isn't who you are. Let me just go ahead and take that off your plate. Let me just go ahead and take that off your plate. I don't want to fall in the hole. <laughs> like, I see that all this is, there's a weight of responsibility resting on you. Man, Jesus shows up in the world and his presence is convicting the world of sin. His presence. He, he is demonstrating what God is like and he's convicting everybody about what is right, what is wrong, and the future. But he's about to leave. And the disciples have been told, your job is to transform the planet. Your job is to, is to see my kingdom, my rule, touch the face of the earth until all of the works of the devil are made a footstool for me. In other words, you're going to cause all the works of the devil to submit to Jesus you're going to cause all the nations of the earth to acknowledge his lordship. This is, this is a big job. This is a big job. And Jesus said this to 11 dudes. And he's like, good luck, I'm leaving. <laughs> you ever had a boss go on vacation and be like, yeah, you just handle it. This is this. Jesus is stepping back. And he goes, but it's to your advantage. Why? Because this is a really big job and you can't actually do it. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to help you. What's he going to do? He's going to take some things off your plate. Let's look again at what he takes off your plate. He's going to convict the world of sin. Sin, the definition of sin is missing the mark. You are not carrying the Father's heartbeat for what he wants in creation. That's what sin is. Sin is that you are not carrying the Father's heartbeat of what the Father wants on earth. You're going your own way. You're doing it your way. That's sin. It's, it's that the world is doing stuff that's messed up. It's that people are doing stuff that's messed up. It's not, it's not right. It's off course. But Jesus said to you, to me, listen, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to take that off your plate. In other words, you don't need to worry about telling people they're wrong. Well, there's some golf claps there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is a load off of you. This actually makes you feel really good. Okay. This is like, wait a second, I thought my job, I thought my job was to stand on stages and tell everybody what they're doing wrong. I, I, thought, I thought my job was to, to stand outside government buildings and tell them what they're doing wrong. Okay, I got some laughs, but there's some of you that went tightened up. I'm, you just, you feel it coming. I'm getting to your thing now, right? Okay, can tell your in-laws what they're doing wrong. Can tell your mom what they're doing wrong. You can, do you see this? The Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin. The Holy Spirit's job. So it's off your plate. It's not your job. <gasps> it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict of righteousness. That's doing what's right. It's God's way. It's what God wants us to do. It's the Holy Spirit's job 
to tell people when they're on course, when they're right, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to tell them when they're wrong and just not like cherry on top, icing on the whole thing is that it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict concerning judgment. Judgment is the process of making a final decision on something. To decide if something was wrong or right, to, to stand as a judge. It is to stand as a judge. Now, listen to me. The world is still being influenced by the devil. Lucifer and his angels have been thrown to the earth, and they are still influencing culture. But when you become a believer, a, a, a new covenant believer, the Lord begins to influence you directly and you stop being influenced by all the junk. God moves you above the snake line. The Holy Spirit is empowering believers to live above and beyond the influence and the mess that the devil is causing. And while you may need to exercise authority towards a demon that's trying to do something, you are not fighting to win a battle. You're not wrestling with the demon. That's nonsense. The only way to win a victory with spiritual darkness is to understand that Jesus already won and simply to believe that. The work of a believer is to believe. It's not to fight demons. <laughs> and the only way you have authority is if you simply operate out of Jesus' victory. Okay, you know what all that means? That means shadow boxing the devil in culture to tell the world what's wrong with it and point to what's right was not your job in the first place. It's not your job. It's not the church's job. Not our job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Yay! This is a yay. This is a yay. Do you know how? Do you know how much like effort people put into those three things? That the reason you have to put so much effort into it is because you're not any good at it. Because it's not your job. It's not your job. Why'd you create a mess in your family telling everybody what's wrong with them? Why? Because it was never your job. You're not good at it. You should let somebody who's good at it do that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The devil has already been judged. He's condemned. Jesus already won the victory. Just stand in that. Okay? And let the Holy Spirit have his way in people's lives. Pastor Jamie, don't I have a role? You you better believe you have a role. This is why the disciples were so effective. They stopped trying to do that stuff and they started just being a witness for what Jesus had done in their lives. That's it. In other words, they stayed in their lane. They did what God had gifted them to do and they left all the other stuff to the Lord. 
I think this is where we get stuck, though. Being truthful. Again, I'm, I'm sharing my process and 18 years of leadership. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've gotten stuck here many times. But we look around and we see the mess that's in the world and suddenly we feel the heaviness and the responsibility to transform and change that world because we don't want to hand that mess off to our kids. That's truth. But that makes me feel hopeless, filled with anxiety, and powerless because I know after 45 years of effort in my own life that the dent that I have made in society is nothing. Oh, Pastor Jamie, you've influenced... No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit has influenced your life. My efforts have not done anything. And I know if I give my life to trying to change the world, I will not succeed. And either will you. This is an exciting message, Pastor. <laughs> the reason why we feel hopelessness and anxiety and we feel powerless is because those experiences, we're watching a war in the Middle East, we're looking at the next generation, we're looking at culture quickly going more and more liberal, more and more, and it feels like it's spinning out of our control, and so it causes fear, and when you feel fear, you clamp down. You try to control circumstances, and when you try to control circumstances or you try to control people, you drive them away. You stop influencing them, and you drive them away. The reason it is such an advantage for the Holy Spirit to come into the world is because he is saying, I got this. You go ahead and just focus on what the Father's telling you to do, and I will go ahead and take care of convicting the world of what's wrong, what's right, and justice. I'll go ahead and take care of that stuff. You go ahead and just be who I created you to be. Verse 12 I got lots more things to say to you, Jesus said, but you cannot bear them right now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he'll disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. He will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said he'll take of mine and disclose it to you. This is amazing. Here's the big life-altering secret that if you come to believe it, your life will become supremely more simple and you will become fruitful for God's glory. Here's the big, big secret. The Lord is leading individuals at the same time in every city, in every nation, across the whole globe, and he's doing it all without having to try. And he's doing it by the Holy Spirit. He is at work right now in the Middle East, at work. He's at work in your neighbors. He's at work in your family. He's at work at your workplace. He is alive and active everywhere, everywhere. I had a vision really early on in my experience with the Lord. I, I, it, was, it was one of the first times that I had been praying and I started to see something inside that, um, you know, if 
when you have your, like, like if I, I said to you right now, pink flying elephant, you can't help but start to see that in your head. You can't help it. That's the same way with God when he's speaking to you. It's actually one of the ways you like know when God's speaking to you, it's not just you. Because you'll speak to you, you'll hear it, and you'll see it. It's, this is, he's the voice of many waters. He's talking on every frequency. So you'll like have, you'll have visionary experience, you'll have intuitive, you'll know, you'll understand. All that stuff happens as he speaks to you. Anyway, I was praying one, one, this, at this moment, and, and I started to see something. I, I was like suspended above the earth, like in outer space, looking at the earth in nighttime. And I saw our nation, and there was lights coming up from it. You've seen the pictures, you know, like the globe at night with lights coming up from cities, right? But it wasn't cities that I was seeing. I was seeing the light of Christ in people. It was wonderful. I looked, and I could see like, like an intense light of influence of God's light. You are a city on a hill. You cannot be hidden. Your light can't be hidden in the spirit. You are influencing people. And, and so I saw that light coming from individuals. And, and it was like I would focus on a place. And then I, like I could see that place. And I could see all the believers in that city. Or, or, and then I thought about a church. And I was like, oh, I, I thought about that church. And I could see the influence coming off of that church. The light coming from that church. Where there was a concentration of believers, it was bright and shining, and, and where there wasn't, it wasn't. And, and so on, right? And I'm looking at this, and, and I kept thinking to myself, oh God, that you would give a church influence to touch the whole world. And the Lord corrected me, said, you're thinking like the world. Far too small. Far too small. You're thinking like, we have to have a world-dominating vision that everyone agrees with. And we have it right, and they have it wrong. You ever done that before? Thanksgiving's coming, y'all. It's your chance. You can, you just divide your Thanksgiving table. Go for it, right? Pro and against. Doesn't matter. Pick a topic. It's all there right now, isn't it? This Experience, though, I was like, Lord, what do you mean? Okay, he's correcting my thinking. I was seeing, interpreting from my point of view. And he said, no, son, look. And I looked, and I could see an individual's influence, like a bullseye. Their, their, their core relationships, light was shining, where they're interacting with people. Jesus was being revealed. In the, the peripheral relationship, so you got like your family and your job and the people you're interacting with, your neighbors, it was so like bright. But then like the relationships, their Facebook friends or their, you know, Twitter friends or their influence, it's not really face-to-face. It's just like your voice can touch them. You can sort of see how the light diminishes a little bit. Not that it's any more, less potent, but, but that it's, you're not actually in their life. You can talk to it like this stage. I can talk to you and I'm trying to help us to think differently, but, but if you were in my family, it's a little different. And, and so I saw that on a person's life and on a church's life. And then you could see how, how their voice or their influence could go to the nations. And there were places where that light diminished, however, not directly impacting, indirectly through people, through relationships, whatever. 
And, and I saw this and the Lord said, no, son, think of it differently. And I could see right now, not in the future, how we need to grow our influence, how we need to get better at messaging, how if we could just do something, it would influence people more. None of that. But rather, right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to believers all over the globe right now that he is directly influencing people and their spheres of influence right now. And it is folly to think that you have to go touch that and that they are lacking without you. No, God is strategic. He placed them where they're supposed to be. That when you just pull back a little bit, you can see all the overlapping relationships in the light of God and how, oh, look at that. God right now, without any of your effort to convict the world of sin, righteousness, or judgment, right now, is already covered the world with the knowledge of Jesus. Already. Done. Finished work. Not a work that we have to work at. Finished work. And our job is simply to follow the Holy Spirit as he leads your personal influence to touch your world. And he might call you to the nations. He, he might call you to do radical things. Praise God. But it shouldn't be out of duty for an idea that the world needs you. No, the world needs Jesus, and Jesus swapped himself for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is like a conductor in an orchestra. When we talk about unity in the body of Christ, this is what we're really talking about. See, the conductor goes click, click, click. Remember that? At the beginning of an orchestra. All the different instruments, all the different variations. Beautiful. It's wonderful. But, you know, at the beginning, though, it goes, the conductor stands up and he goes, lifts up his wand, click, click, click. Everybody tunes in. And then he lifts it up, and this is what you hear, right? Sounds like a demon coming out of somebody. Right? But, but it, as it continues, suddenly it goes, all into one tone. And as we become in tune with the conductor. And the beauty of the body of Christ is not that we need the horn section to play all the music. It, the beauty of the body of Christ is that the Holy Spirit will lead you to play your part and that you get to rest and let him conduct the world as you simply do what he tells you to do. It's a mess when, when the trumpet feels like, oh no, the violins, they don't know what they're doing. And so the trumpet tries to play the violin part. That's a mess. I 
promised myself I wouldn't get myself in trouble today. I'm trying really hard. I want to encourage you that as you listen to the person of the Holy Spirit, that he knows how to conduct all of it, that your job is to do your gift and to follow his voice and that you can leave much of the responsibility to him because that's his job. Amen. The ultimate victory of a believer is not world-dominating influence. That's not the victory of a believer. Jesus could have done that. He was so influential. I, I mean, really at the height of his ministry, he laid it down. Really, he knew, he knew that no matter how powerful his voice was and no matter how accurate and right his vision was, that the only way forward was that every individual would have direct connection to the Father. This is the only way forward. And as individuals have direct connection with the Father through the Holy Spirit, remember, the Spirit of the Lord makes people free. Free from what? Free from the control of others. Free to obey the Lord. Free. See, a culture of liberty, of freedom... It's this, that we gather to connect with the Lord's presence and then you figure out who God called you to be. And that doesn't mean that you're trying to change everybody to do your thing. That's nonsense. Please don't. You'll cause a mess. I'll have to talk to you. You'll injure people. Don't do that. That's not what God's telling you to do. However, out of reverence for Christ, we can yield parts. See, I have figured something out, which is beautiful. It might be my only genius, okay? Is that I realized I'm not good at a lot of things. <laughs> There's, there are some things I'm all right at. There are other things you, you don't. People come up to me regularly and they ask me to counsel them. You're like, yeah, that makes sense, Pastor. You're a pastor. You should counsel them. No. <laughs> no, no, I got one good hour in me for you. <laughs> one good hour. Uh, I can hear, and then I can deliver, and beyond that, we're going to hurt each other. Because that is not, I'm not good at that. I'm, I, I'm not good at the long term process of that. I can't. You need that? Don't come to me. I'm not the dude. But we have amazing people in our congregation that do that. And so I go, yay, it's not a trumpet part. Let me go ahead and point you to the oboe section. There's melodic, and it's soft, and it will listen and reflect what you said, and it'll do all sorts of good things to you. You don't want me just to get in your stuff and tell you what to do. That's what a prophet does. I mess stuff up when I do that. That's not my part. Please don't ask me to do your part. Do your part. Amen. 
And the beauty of it is the yielding to the Holy Spirit that we don't have to control one another, that we don't have to feel like we have to convict the world of everything that's going wrong, that the Holy Spirit is very much in culture, even though it doesn't feel like it for you. I'm sorry it doesn't feel like that. But you're experiencing fear and frustration and anxiety and hopelessness and powerlessness. And and that is because you're not letting go. It's like a parent who keeps trying to treat their 20-year-old as a five-year-old. Don't do that. Let people become self-responsible. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And God is a father to the world. He knows what he's doing. Our job is to love. Carry his heartbeat. Do the things the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Allow people to make their choices. Yield to one another. If God tells you to be a trumpet and pronounce something to Congress, praise God. Obey the Holy Spirit. Obey him. Okay? But not out of duty because it's your job to tell everybody what's wrong. Nah. Leave that to the Lord. Amen? All right. Would you stand to your feet today? You did great. Good job. Come on. Pat somebody on the back and say, man, you did awesome today. I am asking you just for a moment of one moment of reflection. Okay. This moment of reflection is simply this. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in my heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My friend, it's just this. Would you just put a hand on your own heart? I want you just to pray with me right now. You just agree with my prayer as I'm praying. Just agree with it and watch the Lord do something wonderful in your life today. It's this. Father, forgive me for trying to control. Just... Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for trying to be responsible for things that are your job. It's too heavy for me, God. I just want to let it go right now. I can't control the world. That's your job. So I release it to you. Lord, I I can't control my kids. I, I love them so much. I'm in fear right now, and so I just need to surrender them to you. I entrust my children to you. Lord, I, 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 things aren't great at work right now. I don't know what to do, Lord, and I'm trying to force my way, and, and I'm feeling it's backfiring, God. I don't know what to do. Lord, I just want to surrender my work to you. Invite you in, Holy Spirit. God, my marriage is kind of a mess because I, I've been trying to control my partner. I've been trying to, I, I, I've been, it's a mess, God. I've been doing things that aren't my job, telling them what's wrong, trying to tell them what to do, trying to be their judge. God, forgive me. I, I just want to re- rest and release it into your life. Jesus, would you please, I invite you into my home. I open the door. Come in, fellowship with us, Lord. I yield to you, Holy Spirit.
Man, that's a powerful prayer. Holy Spirit, come in. I let go of what you want to do. Lord, please now, would you remind me and lead me in the things that you want me to do? Remind me of those things. God, I want to get back after the stuff you told me to do. I got sidetracked trying to do everybody else's job. Lord, I just want to do the thing you want me to do. So, Lord, I relinquish control. Father, right now, just by the authority of the body of Christ and all that you've spoken in our context, Lord, I just decree a mercy over this church. I release mercy to you afresh. Be forgiven, be washed, be cleansed. Just let that stuff go. God has plans for your life. All you got to do is follow him. Just follow him. Yield, trust, follow him. and Watch God do amazing things. Lord, I trust you. Can you say that with your own lips today? God, I trust you. Now, Holy Spirit, would you come upon people with the kingdom of your peace, guard hearts and minds today. I bless you, church. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May his countenance be towards you. May the Lord grant you great grace in this season. And his shalom, his peace, guard your hearts and minds that you would never again be under the weight of that anxiety and control. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who dared to agree with these things said, amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.